Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you on board. Our co-host, Dr. Marissa Charles, on special assignment. We're hoping she breaks free and can join us during this interview, so stay tuned for that. We're delighted to welcome Vivian Bure. Vivian is a nurse practitioner, is a registered nurse as well with WellMed at Brook City Base. She's a family nurse practitioner there, earned her Master's of Science in Nursing at the University of Texas Arlington in Arlington, Texas, and her specialty is family practice. And Vivian, thank you so much for joining us on WellMed Radio. Great to have you on. Well, it is my pleasure, Ron. When you take a look at your career uh, and you take a look at uh, certainly the impact of the pandemic, things have certainly got incredibly high pressure and complicated. What led you into a nursing and nurse practitioning? Well, it is definitely for uh, prevention of um, disease, um, promoting health care, uh, getting patients out of the hospitals as much as possible. Um, I've always been uh, interested in uh, quality assurance, um, promoting a a healthy work environment. And so advancing my degree is definitely um, something that I've always wanted to do uh, to be able to have a greater impact in um, providing quality care. Where did you grow up? I spent most of my childhood in the Philippines and I came to the United States when I was about 14 years old. And then what attracted you to healthcare? It's my grandfather, actually. Um, my grandpa had a uh, chronic wound on his knee that led to um, an amputation. And um, if only he had a, a better access to health care and got better information, I believe um, he could have probably uh, kept his leg. Was he diabetic? At that time, of course, uh, we did not know. Um, he really did not um, seek medical care until towards the end. And then, of course, that's when he was found out to be diabetic all the time. I ask because, as you know very well, San Antonio, nothing to be proud of, leads the nation in the number of leg amputations uh, due in most cases because of failure to maintain and manage diabetes. Yes, definitely. And um, I was actually a pre-transplant coordinator. I was in the transplant arena prior to um, getting my master's degree in nurse practice. And um, that's one of the uh, reasons as well why I moved forward with my career is because um, we have so many patients that are diabetics, that are in kidney failure, that has um, liver cirrhosis. And so uh, health promotion, making sure that we uh, screen them for um, diabetes, screen them for um, hyperlipidemia, um, hypertension, and um, try to uh, help them um, have an optimal control of these chronic conditions is very important and vital to me to keep them from um, developing a, uh, more complications related to their chronic illnesses. Working as a transplant coordinator, uh, you, you can make some people happy, but you don't have uh, organs for everybody. No, no. And um, just the uh, extent work of getting on the uh, pre-transplant list, um, it, it's quite rigorous. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes um, complications can develop um, before even getting into the list. So again, it is very important to uh, 
to uh, prevent um, or the optimal control of these chronic conditions is very important um, to avoid, um, you know, further complications, like I mentioned earlier. Like death. Correct. Yeah, like death, unfortunately. So as you think about your career, uh, joining WellMed, working with uh, predominantly an older patient population, Medicare-eligible seniors, and, and some who are younger, as WellMed clinics begin to see some uh, corporate-insured What's it like for you working with seniors? You mentioned your grandpa, and as you talked about him, you know, I sense you had a real connection to him. What I really admire about WellMed is the amount of support that um, they have and they offer, not just for their providers to offer the best care for their patients, but the patients themselves. And I think this is very important. Um, you know, sometimes when we see a patient in clinic and we know that they have hypertension, we know that they have diabetes or hyperlipidemia, and um, we focus on making sure that uh, we prescribe the right medications for these patients. But um, sometimes we need to uh, view the patient holistically, meaning to say, do they have enough social support system? Um, are they getting the uh, transportation that they need to get to their appointments? Um, do they have the you know information and the uh, equipment that they need to uh, monitor um, their conditions at home? Um, and this is something that uh, I feel um, since being with WellMed, um, WellMed has really um, stressed and um, provided support in. Um, and so that is very uh you know, again, this is something that I really admire about the organization. I'm just very grateful to be a part of it. For those of you who may have just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, on special assignment today. And we're talking with Vivian Murray. She is a nurse practitioner at WellMed at Brook City Base in San Antonio. And we're talking about uh, her work uh, dealing with patients. And one of the things we wanted to focus on, and this has been driven home, over and over again as the pandemic spread across this country is hand washing and proper hygiene. And, and Vivian, uh, I, I guess we can't overemphasize how important it is to do something so simple as wash your hands. Yes, of course. Um, definitely. It has uh, started even um, back. It, we can go back in time. Back in 1846, you know, there's this uh, wonderful physician who is known to be the father of hand washing, and his name is Dr. Ignaz um, Samuwise. And um, he uh, basically discovered the use of um, soap plus a chlorine solution, um, hand washing techniques um, to decrease mortality rates. Um, and then, of course, Florence Nightingale, who is a um, the mother of nursing and pioneered the importance of um, sanitation, um, including hand washing. Um, back in 1855 during the Crimean War. And so throughout this you know, time period up to now, this has been like a tried and true, very cost-effective, very simple way of um, preventing infections um, and promoting um, safe environments you know, in healthcare facilities and of course in our communities as well. How many times a day do you wash your hands? Too often, <laughs> too often. I mean, we are supposed to be washing our hands anyway, um, before and after every uh, patient encounter. But of course, in our communities, every time uh, before we eat, before we prepare our food, after we prepare our food. I mean, this is something that we, we have to do um, and be mindful of um, all the time. And then how do you deal with dry skin? So it's very important to use moisturizers. Actually, there's been a rise of um, incidents of atopic dermatitis related to hand washing or even anti um, hand sanitizer use um, since COVID. Um, so it's very important to uh, to use emollients. Um, 
I'm not up for advertising, but Eucerin and Cetaphil, those are good over-the-counter um, lotions that could be used to keep the, the skin moisturized and prevent atopic dermatitis related to um, use of uh, hand sanitizers or frequent hand washing. So when you say uh, dermatitis, that's a skin infection? Um, well, it is uh, what we commonly uh, know as eczema. And it's basically um, the dryness of this uh, the skin or an allergic um, reaction as well. Um, or, you know, if you use some hand sanitizers or soaps that are uh, too much, it can be drying on the skin. And, and as you talk with patients, uh, you're dealing with, uh, as we said just a little while ago, uh, an older population of patients. Uh, when you talk to them about how important it is to wash hands, do they look at you and say, well, I know that. Um, I mean, no, not necessarily, sir. Um, it's up. It's also by example. If we go in and see our patients, they see that we use the hand sanitizers and then use the hand sanitizers after we leave the room. We talk about, um, you know, again, just mindfulness, not just to protect themselves, but protect others. Um, and just the simplicity of just using a little bit of warm water with some soap. It only takes 20 seconds. Um, patients are a little bit more receptive to it. But um, again, leading by example is very important. And is there any special kind of soap or is soap soap? Not necessarily. Actually, um, CDC uh, recommends just a regular soap with um, some water. Um, the important thing is creating a good lather. Um, and that's why we have to wet our hands and then, you know, scrub, um, make sure that we are getting um, the back of our hands as well in between your fingers and underneath the nails for at least 20 seconds, because that action, that lathering, um, that allows the uh, the creation of this soap pockets we call um, micelles, and that basically propels the germs and certain chemicals away from the skin. And then, of course, we rinse it and we pat them dry. But... Um, you know, uh, sometimes the use of antibacterial uh, soaps, um, you know, it, it can um, actually or actually increase resistance to certain um, bacteria. And so it is not really, really recommended to use antibacterial soaps by CDC. Just a simple soap is sufficient. So if you use an antibacterial soap, uh, it can lead, as I heard you say, to increase bacteria. So you kill the good bugs and the bad bugs stay there. Yeah, well, it can uh, possibly contribute to making bacteria resistant to antibiotics. Right. Um, there's about two types of um, chemicals. Um, there is the triclosan and um, tricloacarbon. Those are the two um, chemicals um, that has not been uh, basically like approved. And so just a regular soap, warm water, 20 seconds, lather really well, rinse and dry, as simple as that. And what about the person who says, and I could be one of them, hey, look, I use antibacterial uh, on my hands all the time. I don't need to wash them. Um, meaning to say hand sanitizers? Yes. Well, I mean, it's always nice to have hand sanitizers, especially if the soap and warm water is not readily available, Ron. But um, the important thing to remember is that there are certain types of organisms that are um, not covered by hand sanitizers. So definitely... Um, like, let's say, after changing your child's diaper or like after using the restroom, um, especially for healthcare providers, 
um, it's very important to use um, soap and warm water, um, you know, because they are very effective in removing germs such as um, norovirus, um, there is cryptosporidium, um, and then C. difficile. okay, and these are only removed by soap and warm water. Hand sanitizers do not work for them. So in an event that, like, let's say you're out in the store, you had to change your baby's diaper, there's no soap or water anywhere. Okay, use your hand sanitizer. But as soon as you see a sink, go ahead and do that hand washing. I heard you mention a bacteria that none of us want. I'm going to ask you about that in just a moment. Talking about C. diff. I'm Ron Aaron. Wellmet Radio is where you're listening. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, on special assignment today. And we're talking with Vivian Beret. She's a nurse practitioner, Wellmet at Brook City Base. And we're going to talk about C. diff in just a couple of moments. You're listening to Wellmet Radio. WellMed is a homegrown Texas health care provider. During the Medicare annual enrollment period, be sure to pick a plan that includes WellMed for care focused on you. Visit WellMed, find a doctor.com slash radio three or call 210-675-8189. Calling this number connects to Simply Enroll, license number 2623676, a licensed insurance agency that explains Medicare Advantage and Medicare supplemental insurance drug options to Medicare enrollees. Thank you so much for being with us here on Wellman Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, on special assignment today. We're talking with Vivian Beret. She is a nurse practitioner. Wellman at Brook City Base is where you find her. And we're talking about proper hygiene, hand washing, bacteria, especially in the age of COVID-19. But anytime, we need to be aware of protecting ourselves. And we were talking a moment ago about the kinds of bacteria uh, that can be addressed with hand washing, with soap, and, and may be missed by the antibacterial uh, that we use out of those little spray bottles or, or, or jars that you find all over. So I want to come back to something that uh, Vivian said, and that was, you mentioned C. diff, uh, yes, which is a bacteria that affects the colon. Uh, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I'm a person who had it. Uh, and it is not fun. It is no, it's painful. Not. It is difficult to treat. It takes very, very special antibiotics. Uh, so talk to me about C. diff. Okay. So um, like you mentioned, sir, um, it is an infection of the colon that is um, caused by the bacteria, Clostridium difficile, and um, usually use of certain antibiotics um, can cause this um, um, infection to come about. And um, the most commonly antibiotics that um, could cause C. diff would be your um, ampicillin, amoxicillin, clindamycin is one of them. And then of course, the fluoroquinolone, such as ciprofloxacin as an example. And um, this is a uh, um, an infection that can be uh, transmitted through contact. And that's why it is very important Hospital facilities, if somebody has C. diff, um, we must wear proper um, PPE, and um, we definitely need to wash our hands um, before and after patient contact, because that is how it's being transmitted. It's interesting to hear you mention PPE. Before COVID-19, most folks had no idea what PPE was, uh, but once COVID-19 hit, a lot of discussion in the media 
about protective garments that the healthcare professionals and others were wearing, uh, and it became well known. In your own case, at Brook City Base, uh, when COVID-19 was so widespread, um, many clinics were seeing patients literally in the parking lot in their cars. Yes, sir. Um, that is true. Um, we screen our patients before coming in. And um, of course, if uh, for some reasons they do have um, signs and symptoms um, that is uh, um, concerning for uh, COVID, um, there are times that we would do uh, curbside visits or patients would stay in their vehicles so that they can be screened prior to coming in to the facility. Uh, and you began using more and more telemedicine. Yes, sir. That is true. Um, however, you know, when we do see patients that are chronically ill, um, it's a very, very important um, to have careful assessment, careful evaluation um, of this of patients because um, it, it's still very important for them to be seen in clinic as much as possible where we would be able to actually see our patients and listen to their heart and listen to their lungs. So it is definitely a case-by-case basis. But if there is a high suspicion for um, COVID, then definitely um, a curbside visit may suffice as long as it is also face-to-face. But again, wearing proper PPE, proper covering um, to make sure that we prevent um, transmission. Now, I know some patients uh, became afraid to come into the clinic and for a period of time were missing their regular appointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, have patients started to come back? Oh, yes, sir. Yes. Um, And um, I think um, a huge uh, contribution to that is um, information as well as providers are able to reach out to their patients and provide more education, more information. And they see the effort that um, the healthcare providers are um, putting in place to make sure that they are safety. They are beginning to have um, uh, more confidence in coming into the clinic and attending to their um, appointments. How worried were you uh, and and are you still about uh, contracting COVID-19? Um, not so much worry. Um, again, I think one of the best ways to think of it is just um, acknowledging the importance of mindfulness and awareness. Um, we cannot really be afraid of COVID and allow it to control our lives. So as long as we are doing what we are supposed to do, not just to protect ourselves, but also others, um, vaccinations, um, proper hand hygiene, uh, which we have been uh, talking about, um, and just being, you know, mindful. Um, You know, we can definitely just go through our lives. So, but it's not something that I am worried about or I'm afraid of. Um, I am here to, um, you know, provide care for my patients and I will do what I need to do in order to to continue doing that. and while continuing to, you know, do what I'm supposed to do to, uh, like I said, um, protect them and protect myself as well. I was glad to hear you mention vaccines. Uh, I've been triple vaccinated now. I got uh, the Pfizer, the, the two shots, and then uh, not long ago got the third shot uh, and, and am somewhat protected because of that. Uh, and I know uh, you encourage patients to be vaccinated. Do you have some who are resistant to vaccines? Um, yes, I have encountered some patients who do not um, want to get vaccinated. And um, like I said, the best that we can do is to provide information and uh, make sure that we allow for patient informed decision making process, because that is very important. 
Um, and as I mentioned earlier, leading by example, I think is very, very important um, amongst us healthcare providers. Um, and, um, you know, that supported by data, hopefully, um, will allow our patients um, to make their own decision to do what is best, and not just for them, but they're for families as well. I mean, the tragedy is in our country today, we still see about a thousand people a day dying uh, from COVID-19. Overwhelmingly, the ones who are dying are the ones who are not vaccinated. Yes, that is true. And again, that's why preventative care is so, so important. We have talked about um, transplantation earlier on our talk. And then now we are talking about um, COVID. We've talked about CDF. We've talked about so many. Um, well, we've talked about a couple of conditions. And then, um, you know, just to conclude, um, it, it tells us just with this a few minutes of conversation, um, it shows how important it is to take small steps such as hand washing to prevent um, transmission um, or um, complications of, um, you know, certain conditions and definitely promote um, health, not just in healthcare settings, but a community as a whole. And when you uh, see patients who are resistant to vaccines, uh, obviously you encourage them to wear a mask whenever they're out in public. Yes, sir. Definitely. And are they compliant with that? I hope so. <laughs> so well, some may not be. I'm, I'm just judging uh, by your reaction. Some are not. Yes. And there's nothing you can do. No, sir. No, sir. I mean, um, there are things that we cannot control, but we can definitely inform. I know I've said that so many times, but well, that's okay. that is one of the things that, um, you know, is a part of our calling is to provide um, information um, that is accurate and would also promote um, safety in healthcare. Must be frustrating for you, though. It can be. It can be. But then, you know, I think about some of my patients, though, who are um, very compliant. And so sometimes it's it's best to kind of like focus on the optimistic and the positive than the negative. Right. I like that. Uh, you, you can't control people. Yes. They're going to make a decision that may be counterintuitive to their own health. But so be it. You do the best you can. Exactly. Flu shots are another vaccine that uh, this time of year we talk about. Uh, I've gotten my flu shot. My wife has gotten hers. Our three kids have gotten theirs. All of us have been uh, vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, are you seeing patients uh, coming in for that flu shot now? Oh, yes. And actually, most of our patients, well met patients, seniors, they're coming in. They want the flu vaccine. So I am um, definitely from the past year or so, um, I feel that the patients are more readily acceptable to or accepting to uh, getting their flu vaccines. They are actually inquiring about it. So that's a plus. Awareness. There, I'm sorry. <laughs> awareness. See? It's all about awareness. That's yes, for yes. sure. And when you talk with some of your patients, uh, some I know are uh, probably frail and uh, faced with health challenges, do they have caregivers come in with them? Sometimes, and sometimes they do They do not. And um, going back to, uh, you know, the importance of having that um, holistic approach, and that's why when, when we see our patients and um, we see that, oh, you know, they will definitely benefit from having somebody be with them to make sure that um, they are getting the care that they need and they're safe at home is very important. But and, not all the time they have somebody with them, sir, no. Right. Uh, and uh, you have access uh, to social workers who can follow up with patients uh, who you are concerned about in terms of the yes. care they're getting at home? Definitely. Mm -hmm. And how does that process work? 
Well, I mean, we usually refer um, to our uh, home care services. Um, we also have uh, case management um, that we can reach out to to help with that. We have referral specialists as well um, in an event that um, we feel that the patient will, for example, benefit from a physical therapy evaluation, not just for uh, improved mobility and functionality, but also if there is a possible need for um, durable um, medical equipment. Um, that can help them and reduce the risk for injury at home. Let's go back to the time you were a little girl living in the Philippines. Okay. And your grandfather uh, suffered an amputation. Uh, that really touched your life uh, and led you to what you're doing now here in the States. Are you happy with that decision? Are you happy being in healthcare? I am. I am very, very happy. And um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity, Ron, um, to be able to talk about hand washing and, um, you know, uh, preventative health care, because this is really one of the things that I'm very passionate about is um, quality care and um, infection control. And so I am very, uh, I'm very grateful and I'm glad for this opportunity and being able to be a nurse practitioner is um, it's wonderful. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I do. I have a 21-year-old um, sis, a brother, and my sister is 23. Yes. And what careers are they looking at? Well, my brother is trying to get into real estate, and my sister is studying to be in dietetics. That's pretty cool. Yes. Anything I haven't asked you you want to add before we let you go? Well, um, you know, I, I'm just encouraging everyone to go back to basics, you know, and help us in um, ensuring having clean hands to make sure that we, you know, we, we save lives by doing so and um, preventing um, um, transmission of uh, infection. Yeah. Vivian Beret, thank you so much. You did a great job, but delight to have you on WellMed Radio today. You can find Vivian, nurse practitioner, WellMed at Brook City Base. I'm Ron Aaron on behalf of our co-host, Marisa Charles. Thank you for joining us on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.